Hold on, I have a burp. It's like really in my throat. It is recording, so that was all caught. Oh, okay. <laughs> I literally inhaled a pound of spaghetti just now. That's why. Okay. Maybe we can keep that in there. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Hi, guys, and welcome. I'm Kat. And I'm Mike. This is HGTV Obsessed. Okay, so today we have a really awesome guest. Um, Michael actually said that he was kind of like a, what did you say? A, I, he's kind of a, like a renaissance man. The, right. He does it all. He does a lot of things. I've never heard you say that word ever. A renaissance? Yeah. Y- are you calling me dumb? No, oh. no. I'm calling myself dumb. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> all I do is I think about those people like riding the horses, That's you know? exactly right. That's from the period of time that the, this reference is... is Oh, wow. You're trying to sound smart there. Okay. So today we are going to be talking to Brian Patrick Flynn. First off, his name just rolls off the tongue. I mean, yeah. BPF, Brian Patrick Flynn, a beautiful man, designer of the 2021 HGTV dream home. And he's a renaissance man, everyone. Renaissance? He's a renaissance. Renaissance. My mother's Venezuelan. She had an accent when she raised me. I didn't know. Listen, I'm just saying the guy's busy. You know what I mean? Like he does a lot. That, yes. That's, that's a renaissance man. Okay. Yes. Yeah, seriously. But Brian Patrick Flynn, he's a designer. He's a producer. He's an influencer. But more importantly, he's our new best friend. <laughs> Actually, though, we, after this interview, we decided we're going on vacation. Iceland 2022, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've never been there. Actually, I... I watched a show one time and this woman was in Iceland and she gave birth to her child in the backseat of her car because she was trying to get to the hospital and the roads were too icy. She's got nothing on you. Oh, yeah. Nothing on you. Man, I popped that baby out quick, though. Okay, focus. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, what better way to, you know, wrap up the year with this excellent interview? I think I really liked that this interview, we had lots of raw conversations about things that 2020 has kind of brought to the light that we connected with him. Yeah. Over a Zoom call, which is cool. Some would say we fell in love. Okay. <laughs> also, you guys, this is a new year coming up. It's time to get those resolutions and hopefully stick to them past February. I think like February 7th or 27th is when most people drop. You made that up. No, I didn't. It's a statistic. Statistic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, reporting to you live. Anyways, I mean, I feel like when New Year hits, I like to declutter the closet, give away a ton of things, figure out what I'm going to do with the space I'm in. And Brian Patrick Flynn has a lot of wisdom. He really said it in kind of like layman's terms, how we can kind of design a space. And it was cool to hear his perspective on everything. I love it. Let's get to it. Cut the tape. Cheese. Cheese. Brian, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us on HDTV Obsessed. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> um, so you are extremely busy. Like you're one of the busiest people, and especially on HGTV, you're doing a ton of stuff. You got married in Antarctica. My actual anniversary was yesterday, so thank you for bringing that up. Congrats. Oh my gosh, congrats. I heard it was a big like... You were in Iceland or something? Well, we actually have a summer house in Iceland that we bought on HGTV on on House Hunters International. And because Iceland is associated with being cold, people are always like, I loved your beautiful wedding in Iceland. And I feel 
kind of stuck up because I'm like, actually, you know, it was in Antarctica, which is way harder to get to than Iceland. So I, I never want to do Antarctica like an a, a injustice by saying it's, you know, it's just a five hour flight from New York. No, Antarctica is remarkably complex to get to. I want to know how you got there. <laughs> we have a baby. We can't let go to Antarctica. So how many of, so you do these giveaway homes. How many do you design every year just out of? So each year I design two of our giveaway homes, HGTV Dream Home and HGTV Urban Oasis. and they're both very different in that HTTV Urban Oasis is much smaller. It's in a pedestrian area. It's usually close to some type of university or art college. There are like small businesses nearby, and usually you're within like 15 to 20 minutes of an airport. Now, HTTV Dream Home is a little bit different in that it's much more of like a dream destination or like a bucket list item where it's on a beautiful plot of land that's just absolutely incredible. And it's not necessarily super close to anything because that's kind of the point of a dream home. But we're usually within an hour of an airport and it's usually on a piece of property that's just incredible. That's awesome. I love that. So speaking of the, the, the specifically the 2021 dream home, what can you tell us about it? This is my sixth consecutive HGTV dream home. And this one sits really close to Newport, Rhode Island in a nearby town called Portsmouth. It sits up on a bluff looking over this beautiful river and all day long there are sailboats just going back and forth. Oh and my God. It's totally, it's it's very magical. It's totally different than any other landscape I've ever dealt with before. And also one of the things I always wanted to do is I always wanted to be able to dream to design one of the houses that was covered in the cedar shaped, you know, like the very coastal shingles. From far away, the house just kind of looks beige. But as you get closer, you'll notice we didn't stain them. We just sealed the shakes and they're just kind of graying out with the sun. And it's going to be... In five years from now, the house is going to be even more gorgeous. Ooh, do I you have that. like a creative... Like were you when you were young, did you always want to do this? Were you always very like, I don't know, like design savvy with this kind of thing? I think so. It's really strange. A lot of people go to college, they end up doing something totally different. I, I've always been very specific in what I wanted to do. When I was in my early 20s, uh, and this was back like in the late 90s, people would ask me what I wanted to do. And usually ask somebody what they want to do. They're like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor. My answer was, I would love to be the senior art director on MTV's The Real World, <laughs> which is like a very specific job. Yeah. But I knew that I loved dealing with interiors and colors and pattern and furniture and space plants so much that I loved the idea of being able to design for the lens. And here we are. And I'm, I, I actually started my career as a production assistant and a news journalist behind the scenes and eventually started working as a production assistant on home renovation shows back in the early 2000s and eventually made my way in front of the camera. And then uh, that's when I started my whole design career. So I, I kind of, I've always known that I'd be good at it, but I didn't know that it was a, an actual viable industry to make money off of. But um, I love doing it and I would do it for free because it's just something that I enjoy so much. When you look at a space, is it kind of, do you have like a creative flow that you get into? Do you look at a space and you visualize couch here, painting here, we can really channel this window and accentuate that light there. I mean, I'm just because I feel like I have no designer bone in my body. Like the jeans are not here <laughs> in either of us. I'm like, that looks nice. Just put it over there. <laughs> it's kind of a cliche answer. And I think most designers you speak to are going to tell you this. But I would say ever since I was little, I would just walk into a room and know what was wrong with it and how it should be. Mm. Wow. A lot of it is, I mean, it, and by no means is that like a, a huge superpower. I mean, I'm not saving lives or anything, but... No, but it's really cool. I, you start to appreciate it as you, as you, as I do more and more in houses because I walk into a room and I, and luckily since I do this for a living, I'll be like, 
the sofa is disproportionate, the pitch of the back of that sofa is going to lead somebody to getting scoliosis, or like that color is so unbelievably reflective that it's going to make everybody's skin tone look not good. Like I just know when I walk into a room based on understanding scale, proportion, and relationships, et cetera. So it is a cliche. I walk into a room and within seconds of looking at it, I know what's supposed to go where, how, what shape should be there, what shape should complement it, what should happen on the ceiling if the windows are too small, what's the natural light source. It's just been there since I was a kid and I never realized it was actually something that people would pay you to use, but it turns out it is. Were you were you bitten by some strange bug and you're just not telling us? Because that's incredible. You know what? I feel, I feel like a connection with that because even like making funny TikTok videos, I would literally dream of funny videos in my mind or like... <laughs> like a sensitive video or like something that would evoke emotion. I'm like, Ooh, if that music, if the beat drops right when we switch the template right there, that would be just like so weird how when you're doing something you love, it it like really brings out the best in you and Mm. like helps other people be happy. It's the same exact thing. It's it's an entire game of balance and it's an entire game of relationships. And it also has to do with, uh, I think that both creating videos and being funny and humorous, but also having takeaways and also coming down to your timing there is this whole thing of contradictions and compliments. And that is how I think successful videos, especially quick ones that are 15 seconds work, who's going to be placed where on what side of the camera, who's going to talk at what point, how are you going to counterbalance that shadow with something light? It's Interior design and entertainment are almost like identical. I love it. You got to have an eye for it. We're just using different parts of our occipital lobe. I actually don't know what part of the brain. <laughs> that was real. I don't even know what that is. When you said that, I'm like, she's smarter than I am because I don't know what that is. No, me neither. I just know the word. <laughs> so, so speaking of, so you went, you were touching on a lot of like nitty gritty details there. Obviously you're a very detail oriented person when it comes to design. You have to be. Can you tell us about some of the fun features from this year's uh, house? From the this one year's in Newport. Dream house in Newport. So the thing that's really different about HGTV Dream Home 2021 in Portsmouth is the fact that it's the first house that I've dealt with that really called for Americana as its overarching vibe throughout the house. And when I design the houses, I'm doing it along with our partners. Some people say partners, some people say sponsor, but in our case, without these partners, we can't build a house. Like We need the paint, we need the flooring, we need the furniture sponsor or partner because without them, we don't have a house filled with beautiful stuff. So the color collection of the year for 2021 was determined by our paint partner. And then they present to me about 10, like between 10 and 12 or 10 to 14 colors. And then what I do as the person at the creative helm of making the house, I figure out where to work those colors in and how to make them make sense to the vernacular and also to create a flow where those colors work harmoniously from room to room. So what's different about this house is it's the first time I've ever gone with an Americana palette. And the reason I did that is I chose the blues and the reds and the whites and the greens from the color collection of the year. And I figured out how to put like a New England spin with those colors. So I think that's what makes this really unique is it's kind of like a, a summer in New England vibe, 12 months of the year. I love that. That's awesome. So I, just for the people that don't know, cause I had to look up Americana cause I thought it meant, um, <laughs> music like, it was just flags around the house. Like, that's kind of weird. But just so just on Wikipedia, it's just is this right? Any collection of materials and things concerning the U.S. or the American people, like stereotypical American culture as a whole kind of. You, you just nailed it. I mean, even you could have lied to me and said you didn't look on Wikipedia and I'd be like, she nailed it. Well, Americana overall, like you're taking you're taking cues from just it's weird to say it, but you're kind of taking cues from the flag. You're playing with reds and whites and blues and kind of pulling from very classic farmhouse style, but also 
ship style and coastal style. So a lot of times when you hear Americana, you'll either think straight up like Heartland or you'll think of New England where you see a lot of these summery cottages. And that makes its way into the house with the color palettes on the walls, the slip-covered sofa, the nautical stripe rugs. A lot of the light fixtures in the house are like made of wood beads. So there's all different types of Americana throughout the house. I know you're designing during a pandemic. What have you had to change in your yeah. approach to this design because of this yeah. 2020 year? This entire year, I feel like if somebody was to ask me what my title is, I would say intern because every single thing that I knew and was used to was thrown out the window. And a lot of that has to do with supply chain disruption. For example, I did, a lot of people may be in the loop, but the price of an average 2 by 4 for a building has gone up about 300%. And on top of that, you may not find them. You may go to the local home improvement store and find out they're out of them. The, the biggest takeaways that I've learned from working through a pandemic, A, safety is always number one. If that means that you and your team have to spend two weeks together with just the five, six, seven of you doing nothing to make sure that when you're working together in a pod and like there's no outside people, it's worth all those extra days so you can you can work safely. The other thing that I've learned is flexibility is key with design, whether you're a decorator, whether you're a blogger, or if you're an influencer who is doing some sponsored posts. I've just got to keep my design really flexible. And if it turns out that something shows up and all of a sudden it's a better fit for the living room rather than the office, then I put it in the living room. I adapted this year. That's what I did with HGTV Urban Oasis, which was in Portland and Maine. And I think my team and I being super flexible and also like working really long days together, very protected. And then oh, I hate to say it, but the lack of socializing has made it easier for us to get our jobs done. Because you finish the job, you get in your car, you go back by yourself and you eat alone in your Airbnb or your hotel room. And then the next day you see that same group of six people. And what it does is you know you're not seeing anybody else. It's so isolating and sad, but by sticking with that, we were able to finish the houses on time and they looked great. So it worked. It was just a lot. It, as social people, it was hard It was hard to do. But the being extra safe made it so we all got our jobs done safely and the end product was good. How are you two doing with delivery dates and keeping things on schedule with a baby at home where when you can't even leave the house? I think after I gave birth, when I was ready to like... Because I had PPD. So yeah. I, I'm not used to being sad. And all of a sudden, I was so sad. Yeah. And um, when I was ready to like get out in the world, then COVID hit. And then I couldn't socialize, which Lockdown. I, I love doing. So I think, um, I don't know. I think with us, with, with me anyways, something that's really helped me through COVID was working on, sounds so cliche, but working on myself and, you know, <laughs> writing my affirmations. But when you're literally with just these few people in your own head, yeah. You got to like who you're spending time with. Yeah. Hasn't it really taught you like who your favorite people truly are? Sometimes you, you realize like some of your best friends who you love so much are not necessarily people you can see every day in and out. You're just you're so pent up because you haven't gone out and experienced the world like we usually do that the personality dynamics really help you like edit down like who truly is my best friend. And I, th I think that the biggest takeaway for me from being a designer and doing houses on this big of a scale during a pandemic it has to, how important my team is. Like I, can, I couldn't, I need it to be my core team who I've been working with for almost 15 years. And then also the idea of us all knowing what our role is. I don't like dealing with money. I don't like dealing with placing orders. I don't like dealing with shipment dates. There's several members of my team who actually enjoy that and they're really good at it, but they may not be good at painting or they may not be good at taking lunch orders. So 
I, this year has really taught us all. We all have a lane and let's stay in it because we're good at what we do. I love that. That's, I didn't even think about that because I am so bad with emails and like the details. Like if I'm doing a video for a company, I'm just like, hey, I really like this product and this. And then they're like, no, you got to say this and that. And then Michael like writes a script for me. So I focus and just focus on like presenting it in yeah. a way that I connect with. So yeah. that's actually a good point. This is something you both have in common with me. We're designing and creating content on the internet. In addition to that, a lot of times you're working with partners who have a particular product or a service or something that needs to be implemented into the house I'm doing or into the video you're making. You have to realize at a certain point, there's no world where a designer just wakes up and does whatever they want. They're like, hey, I did this the way that I want and I win. Or a content creator wakes up and just creates content. Like There are partners who want to be part of it. So don't you agree that like the fact that there are still partners out there who've been working with us and influencers all year and keeping us steadily working and trusting us to like use their stuff in a beautiful light. I mean, it's been a, it really has been a saving grace to a lot of people that work specifically in social media. It's blown our mind for sure. I feel kind of naive what you just said. I honestly never even considered that as an aspect of a designer. Like I honestly, and I'm a creator, like I make videos and I know that we have to like meet certain criteria, yeah. but I never thought you would have to. So that's actually really cool to know that you even make it work with that. That's part of the job. Oh yeah. 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 There's depending on who, depending on who we're working with, there's, uh, there's flooring that I can choose from colors. I can choose from furniture. I can choose from windows. I can choose from, and, uh, I have to blend them all together and make them work. And, uh, and it's a whole balance game. And it's similar to just creating anything that has to do with entertainment. And from the outside looking in, people might think, oh, they're so lucky. They get to do whatever, whatever they want. No, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're giving your audience something. Either they want to see you do that's funny. The yeah. audience wants to see something from me that, that feels like that. Because, I mean, everyone has their opinion. And no matter what you do, if you do it perfectly right, they're going to be like, oh, that's too fake. <laughs> that was too right. You're not real. You know, so what kind of criticism, positive or negative, have you gotten in regards to the homes you're designing, the work you're doing? I went, my background, I didn't go to school for uh, for interior design. I went to school for television and film. So I have a degree. My, my background is in production and like directing and writing and set design. And I think one of the reasons I have a little bit of a leg up in this situation is when I was in film school, we were taught through a course called the business of production, how to handle criticism and how when you do something and you create something and you put it out there for the masses, every single person is going to have an opinion. And it, you can't let you... That is just facts. Like everybody, Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to hate it. There's going to be a lot of people in the middle. But you have to learn that once you... Especially with the internet, once you put it out there, you, you, you know, the gloves are off. Like It's time to just let people do their thing. So when I'm designing the house... First and foremost, I have to check my ego and my signature design aesthetic, which is usually all black and white and a lot of neutrals. That's actually my own home. Um, that is not for everybody. However, a super bold orange and purple room is not for everybody. And also a room that's super architectural and sparse is not for everybody. So when I design one of these houses, I have to think... I have like this checklist in my brain. Will a maximalist love this? Will a minimalist love this? Will somebody who likes traditional like this room? Will somebody who likes coastal like this kitchen? And then what I do is I try to make sure that each one of those adjectives fits somewhere in the house. So there might be a very traditional laundry room. There might be a very modern kids room. There might be a very nautical garage. That way, when somebody experiences the house, regardless of what their particular taste is, there's a little bit of something in the house that fits their taste. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to create a house that, ple that, uh, that appeals to people with all different senses of style, that also captures the essence of the location. And at the same time, it's making sure that 
it represents all of our partners. So when somebody doesn't like that I painted the exterior of a house black, or somebody doesn't like a particular light fixture, or they think the pattern on the drapery is too busy, it's what I'm saying is like you go to a room and 99 people tell you they love you, but the one person in the room who doesn't love you, that's the only person you think about. To me, that is like the worst way to live your life. So what I try to do is filter out all the negative comments, but then I'm good with actual constructive criticism. So let's say that the two of you hired me to do your nursery and you gave me a budget and you said, we don't want to have a lot of input, Brian, input, Brian, but we want it to be very understated. We want it to grow. We want it to maybe uh, be a place where multiple kids can hang out. And then you, you let me do it. And then I finish it. You come back and you see it and you say three weeks later, Hey, uh, it turns out that rug that you chose for us is not really wearing well. That's good criticism. Like you're my client. But for somebody to just blatantly say to me, I don't like that window treatment. I, I don't know what to tell you. At that point, I just have to realize, pick your battles. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Because when we first went, you know, quote unquote viral on the internet, right? And we started getting the hateful comments. Basically, Kat had told me, you know, those people are hurting. At the end of the day, like she was like, she just chose empathy, which I thought was a really cool way to look at it for us, yeah. you know? First mean comment I got, I was so devastated. <laughs> like someone told me like my forehead was too big. Um, they didn't like my nose. Um, like just like things about my body. I'm like, oh my God. And I like was so sad. I mean, negative comments, not to get too deep, like in life. I mean, I did not have the courage to be like not liked by other yeah. people. Like I wanted to be liked by every single person I met. Mm -hmm. Like I would change my personality, like the tone in my voice. If someone was like a little more calm, I'm like, oh, I don't want to freak them out. Let me just try <laughs> to adapt here. And I think with even, you know, I got pregnant with his, well, not yours, our child after. Just my child. Just his. <laughs> I was just a bystander. Um, after three months and I decided to, you know, follow through, get married, have the baby. People, yep. I mean, something that really helped me was just own your life. Like people are going to say, you shouldn't do that. this or that. Like I knew that, but I had to live with my decisions and I just had to own my life. And yep. right when I had that mindset, it was just kind of background noise and it was so empowering. I like that you just said background noise. That is the best way to explain it because what matters is the two of you, your families, your baby, your place, and your careers. All this other what you call background noise, at the end of the day, it could just be a bot. Like you don't know that person. You've never seen them face to face. And I love what you said about empathy. If somebody's that mad about the fact that I did a red living room, yeah. it's definitely not about the red living room. It's There's something else like where they, they saw like the joy that that house brought me or other people and wanted to knock me down or other people down a level for something going on in their world. And I think empathy is the right word because instead of me like getting upset and huffing and puffing about it, I'm like, well, whatever, whatever led them to be that mad about a red room, I hope they resolve it. But I want no part of this dialogue anymore because it has nothing to do with me. So it's good that you guys recognize that too. It's never you. It's like, it's the narrative is, is the person who wrote the mean comment. It has nothing to do who, with who they were writing it to. The internet is lawless and nobody takes responsibility for it. So everybody just jumps in and keeps making dumpster fires. But instead, I'd rather go to Rhode Island and build a house and stay away from it. Talking about building a house. There we go. <laughs> Great segue. Okay, so design trends 2020. What do you think are the big trends that are going to come out of this whole yeah. year? The trend is this. I feel like a lot of people in their 20s and 30s only want things brought into the house that they truly need for a purpose or they have some type of attachment to. So and to answer your question, I think we will start to see more stuff. Right now, I think that 
trending is minimalism, like way less stuff. I think we're going to go from minimalist to maximalist, meaning I think a lot of young people will start to have more things in the house that truly bring them joy. And I think you will start seeing more and more stuff or things. But to be more specific about trends, I think that there has been this very neutral or lack of color in houses for the past five or six years, like an all white backdrop with just natural beige tones, which is super California and also really timeless. I think that 2021 will bring an onslaught of people really embracing color because it brings you so much joy. And if you're and a lot of us, if a lot of us are going to be working from home for now on, like it's kind of cool. I know this sounds really out there, but if you're working online and your job is in social media, it's kind of awesome to have colorful backdrops. So that could be, you know, painting a room a bold shade of purple or putting wallpaper up in a hallway where you do all of your actually confessional. So I think a, a return of more color and more stuff. I would say those would be the trends that I can get behind that won't date. Like they won't like 10 years from now, you won't have to throw it away. I think it's just a new way of living that keeps up with the times. And also, I think you made a good point with you're going to be home. Also, people want what they need in their house. They don't want too much clutter because you're there. You're you're in this little space. And also we have like a smaller space, smaller apartment. So where are you? We're, we're in, in Tampa. I'm from Florida. So I asked because people from Florida have a much different life because, you know, we don't get seasons. It's just summer year round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just sweat all day. Like right now, <laughs> I am sweating so much. And this was happened in the last interview, too. But like if you put your hand on my chest, that's a weird thing to say. If you... <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> This is an HGTV. <laughs> okay. If you, I am just seeking, like, like it's just, I'm just sweating. And we're, yeah. Okay. Off topic. Back on script. Um, okay. So on that note, <laughs> we love this part. This is like where you can really just bust out your most creative. Yeah. Drum roll, please. Yeah. It's called Defend the Trend. week on defend the trend you've already touched on this a little bit but we're asking is open concept design on its way out or will people tear down walls forever open concept design is not on its way out however i think that we will see a kind of hybrid i think a lot of people will start renovating houses to make the kitchen and the adjacent living room open to one another but i don't think 80 percent of the house has to be one gigantic room I think it's still nice to have a separate dining room, like a separate sitting room, uh, separate bedrooms. So I think it's. I think that defending the trend is open concept will be changed to be about fifty percent of what it is now. And I'm the perfect example because I live in a 1965 mid-century modern in Atlanta, and I did open up some walls, but it's still a formal floor plan. So I think what I did is what a lot of people are going to start to do. Okay, Brian, it was so awesome talking to you. Like. It was great. You are very wise. Everyone listening, you can head it over to hgtv.com slash dream to enter for a chance to win. You can literally enter every single day up until February 17th. And if you want even more Brian Patrick Flynn in your life, who wouldn't? Uh, he is an amazing Instagram follow at B Patrick Flynn. And keep an eye out for his new show on the Magnolia Network coming out later in 2021. That was a great interview. That was so good. I really like Brian Patrick yeah, Flynn. I think we would be friends. We could, again, we could, Iceland, 2020, 2022. Yeah. 2020, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> he was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Right? Wow. I looked at you and I was like, ugh. 
I'm sorry, that was so mean. <laughs> you'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. I'll be streaming for 12 hours, enjoying my life. Um, Wait, you'll be, if we had our HGTV dream home, would you want, well, yeah, you'd obviously want a game room. Yeah. Let's get back to the part where you called me ugly. And start <laughs> I didn't there, call okay? you ugly. I didn't. You're beautiful too. I love it. It was good. It, it was really good. had me thinking what I would want in my dream home. Go. Tell me. Um, personal trainer. Pool boy. <laughs> personal these, chef. Uh, I, these don't sound like rooms or items. They sound like uh, personnel on a Do payroll. Do they come with the house? <laughs> Just wondering. No, I think I would like my own little space like... I can't imagine having a space where it's my office yeah, or like a space where I can just sit and record or yeah. like, like a nice space just I love for that. me. I think so like when I thought about my dream house, like growing up, I always thought like super techie, like crazy out of this world. Like, like Minecraft. Like, no, no, you weirdo. Like Elon <laughs> Musk, like, oh. like literally like I'm in my stream room and I press a button on my desk and up through the floor comes a pre-made meal ready to go. That'd be great. I would never, I mean, I never cook, but then I'd be like... I don't have to cook once a year. <laughs> <laughs> My cooking's definitely. Would you want a garden in the center of the, the worst? The, like a garden in the center of the house, like it's like a like an open area. Does it come with like a gardener? <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, I our house is just going to be full of people. We're going to have a, a spare house where where um, no, they'll just live with us. Oh, okay, cool. In our bedroom. Yeah, I also Pots. I've always liked the idea of. I mean, I don't want to get too deep here. Um, <clears throat> uh, music playing in the background hit it. I just walk into my master bedroom. Birds are chirping. I open the window. What do I see? A balcony. I walk out. I'm sipping on my coffee. A little bird flies up to the railing, sings a cute song to me, and I sing back. Cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what's the saddest part about all of this? What? We can't win the dream home. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of sucks. Make our own dream home. We'll, we'll make one, yeah. Oh, Brian, <laughs> you come over here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so... Uh, oh, do you know what time it is? Hit me. <laughs> it's time for HGTV to the rescue. to the rescue to save your day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I can't keep up with you. <laughs> okay. Um, you snooze, you lose, man. Legit HGTV stars answer your burning questions, ladies and gentlemen, about design, DIY, even renovations. Okay, this week we're continuing on the HGTV Dream Home Tip with Tiffany Brooks answering a listener question. Ooh, Tiffany. Yes. And keep a lookout for her new HGTV show, 50K Three Ways, and that comes out this spring. So our question today is from Jill. Jill says, hey, Tiffany, I love your style. My problem is I have champagne taste and not even a beer budget. More like sparkling water. Do you have any tips for bringing style into your space without breaking the bank? And when do you recommend making a splurge. Thank you. So I'll answer it backwards. The splurges you should make are definitely on quality build products, like in your kitchens and bathrooms and things like that in your fixtures. I would even say appliances. Now, 
how can you make a splash without breaking the bank? It really, really depends on, you know, where you are in your house. If you are doing your cabinetry and you have great cabinetry structure and the bones are great, I would suggest painting them in order to bring in a different look. That's an instant savings right there. Or if we're talking about in the family room, you know, you'll probably see the show and realize that David and I love wallpaper and paint. That's a huge change that you can do for, you know, pennies or in the case of wallpaper, you know, dollars. They're even, you know, peel and stick wallpapers if you live in an apartment complex right now that you can buy and, you know, just have that temporary um, pattern on your wall and you'll love it and be engulfed in all of that personality. I always say to change out those big drama moments that hit you first, but don't cost that much. Lighting is another huge thing to invest in and make sure you have proper lighting. So sometimes just getting down to the basics of design may answer those questions for how to actually always save in design as well. That was a really great answer, Tiffany. You are so full of great ideas. Also, you guys, if you want to watch Tiffany, you can on the 2021 HGTV Dream Home Special with our new BFF, Brian Patrick Flynn. And that's January 1st at 8 p.m. And her new HGTV show, 50K Three Ways. And that comes out this spring. We're two episodes in. How are we doing? You've subscribed, right? To HGTV Obsessed. We're watching. (laughs) We're watching you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we really love your review. So please, please, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our HGTV obsessed fam find us. And it also helps us learn what you guys want to hear, what you don't want to hear, the fact that you probably like me more than Mike. Oh, God. I mean, um, you can always find me. I mean, I guess in Mike, too, on TikTok or Mike and Kat. You're just full of it today, aren't you? I really am. And we're also on Instagram, too. We can chat. Don't forget to listen in next Thursday where we have some amazing guests lined up and might be learning some serious HGTV gossip. Oh my God, I love gossip. Oh baby, it's time. It's so weird with COVID, like we don't like have the gossip that much. We we do now. Oh, now we do. Yeah, in our back pocket. (laughs) Right in this mic. Okay, so we'll see you guys next week. So excited. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get it. Seize the day, you guys. Go get him, Tiger. Formal floor, formal floor plan. Formal floor plan. I like that. It's a very hard combination of words. Floor, f- formal floor, floor. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs>